Welcome, race fans. Here's your local racing authority, Sam Chapman, with this week's Sound of Speed on Beach Booster Radio. Welcome, race fans, and this is the Sound of Speed on Beach Booster Radio, and I'm your host, Sam, here to recap the NASCAR season opener in Daytona Beach as the NASCAR Camping World Truck, Xfinity, and Spring Cup Series all kicked off their seasons at the World Center of Racing, the Daytona International Speedway. The NASCAR Camping World Trucks would kick off the weekend Friday night with the Next Era Energy Resources 250. Rookie Grant Emfanger would win the pole for Friday's event, leading the field down to the first green flag of 2016 for the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series season. Johnny Sauter would be leading on the final lap as a big crash at the front of the pack saw Christopher Bell tumble end over end 13 times down the front straightaway before coming to a rest on all fours. This would bring out the yellow flag, ending the race half a lap short, and handing the win to Johnny Sauter, getting GMS Racing their first NASCAR Camping World Truck Series victory. Here's what Johnny Sauter had to say following his first win of the season. I knew yesterday this thing, uh, this Smoky Mountain Herbal Stuff Chevrolet had had speed, and um, but just because you have speed doesn't necessarily mean. And I kept preaching, we got to be there at the end of this thing to to have a shot. So um, tonight was crazy. Um, we had great track position to start the night, and uh, you know I, I, we were trying to pit there before the caution clock came out, and uh, the caution ended up coming out, and we were we were pinned, so we uh, had to go to the tail end of the longest line. So lost all of our track position and put that thing up on the outside there with that ECR horsepower and. I will, I'll be surprised. It just started driving by everybody. So um, couldn't be more proud of everybody and, and all their effort. You know, I'm just a small part of what happened tonight. The NASCAR Xfinity Series would also kick off their season in Daytona with the Power Shares Triple Q 300. Ty Dillon would put the famous RCR number three on the pole for last Saturday's race, but Spring Cup Series drivers Casey Kane, Joey Logano, Austin Dillon, and Chase Elliott dominated the race, leading just shy of 100 laps throughout the afternoon. It would come down to Joey Logano and Chase Elliott banging fenders coming to the checkered flag with Chase Elliott holding off the 2015 Daytona 500 champion to win the Xfinity Series season opener. Here's what Elliott had to say following his win in the PowerShares Triple Q 300. Yeah, just a uh, fantastic Saturday to start um, start the weekend of the Daytona 500. What a what a great what a great day! Fast race car. Big thanks to Tax Slayer and everybody at Junior Motorsports for letting me drive. We had an exciting offseason, and I've got lots of changes and stories to cover, so let's get started. Tony Stewart, who was supposed to kick off his farewell tour in Daytona as he prepared for his final full-time NASCAR Spring Cup Series season, would be involved in an accident on an off-road vehicle just a few weeks before he was set to leave for Daytona. Stewart would sustain a spinal injury and be sidelined for an undetermined amount of time, with Brian Vickers filling in for smoke in Daytona, and Ty Dillon has been tabbed for at least three out of the next four races, Tony recovers. NASCAR went and made a few rule changes during the offseason, and perhaps the biggest of all will be the Xfinity and Camping World Truck Series, with the introduction of the chase for both of those series. The green-white checkered restart procedures have also changed. Now, the leader needs to pass a predetermined restart line, which is different from track to track, before the restart is deemed clean, and any further yellow flags will end the race. Any yellow flags before the leader hits the overtime line, and there's an unlimited amount of attempts at the green-white checkered finish if the leader hasn't hit that overtime line. The biggest change in the NASCAR Spring Cup Series garage is NASCAR's new charter system. At the beginning of the year, 36 teams were awarded a charter, guaranteeing them a spot in every race this season. There will be four remaining spots in the field for entries qualifying on time. This also reduces the field size from 43 to 40 for every Spring Cup Series event. 
The NASCAR Sprint Cup Series will kick off their season the same way we always do with the 58th annual Daytona 500. Rookie Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch would lead the field to the drop of the green flag for the first time in 2016. And it wouldn't take long for trouble to come out. Just 20 laps in, Chase Elliott would get loose coming off of turn four and getting into Carl Edwards, which would send Elliott into the grass, tearing off the whole front clip as it dug into the grass, ending Elliott's debut in the 24 car early. Lap 57, Brian Vickers, subbing for the injured Tony Stewart, would get loose coming off of four, similar to what happened to Chase Elliott just a few laps earlier. Edwards would again be caught up, adding some more slight damage to his Aris 19 Toyota, and the six of Trevor Bain would also be collected. None of those cars would sustain any major damage and would be able to continue. With less than 30 to go, the Sound of Speed pre-race pick, Dale Earnhardt Jr., would be the third car to spin off of turn four. His favorite car, Amelia, named after Amelia Earhart, would nose hard into the inside wall, ending Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s chances at a third Daytona 500 win. The final yellow flag of the day would come when Danica Patrick and Greg Biffle would get together going down the backstretch. Danica would get sent across the nose of the 16 before sliding through the grass, getting some air, and just like Chase Elliott, she would rip off the front clip of her Chevrolet when the car hit the grass. Biffle would have to go to the pits for a few minor repairs after he would make slight contact with the outside wall while trying to collect his car. This would set up a 12-lap dash to the finish, and when the pack came around to take the white flag, Matt Kenseth in the number 20 Toyota would be leading the pack. By the time he had made it down the backstretch, Martin Truex Jr. would get a nose under Kenseth as those two were fighting into turn three. The Sound of Speed pre-race pick, Denny Hamlin, would get a big push, deke out his teammate Matt Kenseth in turn four, and get by. As Hamlin and Truex made it down the front straightaway, they would start banging fenders, trying to break each other's run, and when they got to the line, Hamlin would edge out Martin Truex Jr. by one one-thousandth of a second, or around an inch at 200 miles an hour, making it the closest finish in Daytona 500 history. This would be Hamlin's first Daytona 500 victory, Martin Truex Jr. would come home second, Kyle Busch in third, the final Sound of Speed pre-race pick, Kevin Harvick, came home in fourth, and Carl Edwards would bring it home in fifth after being caught up in just about every incident of the day. This is also Toyota's very first Daytona 500 win. Let's hear what Denny Hamlin had to say following his win in the Great American Race. Uh, it's, the, it's the pinnacle of my career for sure. Uh, you know, I haven't uh, got a championship yet, and uh, so this is obviously the biggest biggest win for myself. Um, and it's just the circumstances. I mean, you know, J.D. Gibbs, who, who found me uh, about uh, 12, 13 years ago, it's his birthday today. Uh, he's been so pivotal to uh, myself and my team and, and supporting me for, for the last 11 years. FedEx has been such a huge supporter of me uh, throughout my career. It's not, not, uh, it's very unusual that uh, the driver and the sponsor have such a great relationship like we have, and uh, they stuck by us. And um, you know, they're they're so heavily invested in myself and this sport and this race team. So big for them, obviously Toyota. It's huge for them getting their first Daytona 500 victory with all everything that they've done for this racetrack with that Toyota injector. Um, it's such a huge team victory. Uh, Joe Gibbs Racing. It's uh, he sat over here a week ago and told me all this, uh, all these sidebar races are getting old. Let's go win the the real one. And uh, so you know, to to win it for the boss after 23 years, uh, it's just it, there is no better feeling than uh, than what I have right now. Points as NASCAR heads to Atlanta are pretty much the same as the results from the 500, as it's the only points race we ran during speed weeks. Hamlin leads Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, and Carl Edwards are the top five in points as we gear up to head to Atlanta. Martin Truex Jr. came up just an inch short Sunday afternoon. Let's hear what he had to say post-race. We finished second. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it was uh, it was a great day for our team. It was, um, 
you know, our first our first run in a Toyota, uh, having Bass Pro Shops tracker boats back on board. They've been such a big supporter of my career, and uh, just really proud of the run we had today. Really proud of how we worked together with the JGR guys, and um, you know that was important for us to you know kick off the year and and you know try to start to kind of form that relationship and show those guys that they could trust us that we're going to be a, you know a strong part of their team and. Um, it was it was really amazing what we were able to do all day and, and really just control the race the way we did. So first off, I've got to uh, thank all those guys for uh, for allowing us to be a part of their team and um, and especially the drivers today for for working so well together and letting me be a part of that. Um, you know, the last lap we were in great position um, behind Matt. Felt like you know felt like if Matt would have stayed in front of us, maybe we could have you know maybe he would have probably held him off uh, held off Denny. Uh, he went up to try to block his run, and, and then he, you know, cut inside, made him three wide, and and then, you know, just uh, side drafted me off of turn four all the way to the line, and I had, I felt like I had enough momentum to to keep him behind me, and I did all the way up until, you know, that last couple feet, and uh, he just shot out, you know, that last couple inches on me uh, right before the line. So, wish I would have. You know, crowded him up the track a little bit more late down the front stretch, but you know those are split second decisions, and uh, you know he came out on the right end of it today. But uh, like I said, proud of our effort. Don't forget to catch me this Sunday morning on demand on Beach Boost Radio's new podcast page. You can catch the sound speed on its normal days, but now you can listen live anytime from anywhere. I'll get you up to speed with everything you need to know about this week's race in Atlanta, from what to expect on track to what drivers you'll need to keep your eye on throughout the day. As always, I would like to thank everyone down at Beach Booster Radio. Without the hard work down there, the sound of speed wouldn't be possible. Head on over to BeachBoosterRadio.com and check out the new podcast page where you can listen to any one of Beach Booster Radio's great shows on demand from anywhere in the world. If you don't already have it, I highly recommend the Beach Booster Radio app so you can take great music with you on the go. You can find it in the App Store for Android and iOS devices. That's about it for today. Don't forget to join me this Sunday for the Sound of Speed pre-race show as that gets you set up just a few short hours from the drop of the green flag in Atlanta. The track surface is aged and bumpy, and the cold weather should provide a good amount of grit. It should be a great race. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Thanks for listening, and have a great night, race fans. The preceding program is a production of Beach Booster Radio. Written, recorded, and produced in Wasaga Beach, Ontario. We thank you for listening to Beach Booster Radio, Wasaga Beach's only locally owned and operated radio station. We are local. We are Wasaga Beach. We are Beach Booster. Hi, this is Brian Smith, Mayor of the Town of Wasaga Beach, and you're listening to Beach Booster Radio.